Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast 515 for September 21st, 2019. And Chris has decided to use this time to clean his desk. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Anna Marie. I have a wife who needs Joy Con work. Yes. Anna, so... you need work. <laughs> Is that what all that noise was earlier? Um, sort of. Hey, Nathan, how's it going? I'm alive. Nathan, remind me how I pronounce your last name again, because it... Like it, Garmin. But with a V. V. Garvin. Yeah, like, there you go. I'm like, Varmin? No, no, that's not right. <laughs> Why is that such a hard last name for people? Like, I've been on the phone before, and people are like, Garden? No, Garvin. Look, G-A-R-V-I-N. the amount of people who call us privateer. <laughs> how about privateery? Uh, my favorite is, is you probably don't know this, but I was actually born Whitehead, and the amount of people that called me Witchhead. Yeah. Yeah. That was only due to all the cauldron rituals you would do. <sighs> Look. Mm-hmm. We should probably jump into what mm-hmm. we've been playing. So, Tiny yes. Cast this week. Alex is going to join us shortly. Um, but before he does, Nathan, you've been playing Borderlands 3. I have been playing Borderlands 3. I'm I not the biggest fan of the been franchise. Borderlands but... 3. Hey, we've been playing Borderlands 3. Remember but when we did together. that about Fire Emblem? No, no. not together, surprisingly. Not together. I've been having Do trouble organizing my playtime, but I played with uh, two friends of the site, uh, Christiana and Mistiana. Uh, Christiana. <laughs> Chrissy and Mistiana. <laughs> Crystal done some and pack stuff in the... Anyway, um, yeah. so what is the... Uh, what, what do you think? Um, I like it think? better than 2, but I still can't decide if I like the remaster of the first one better. Or not. One thing that I will call an unqualified success in this game, and this is a personal peeve of mine, is you can grab ledges in this game. I hate first-person games oh. where you have to like navigate vertically, and your characters have broken arm syndrome, where they just refuse to grab anything. Like there is a waist-high obstacle, and they can't vault over it. And I'm like, I could waddle my fat self over that. Why can't you get over that? Not a problem in this game. You can I agree. actually climb. Grabbing the ledges is like the best feature improvement they've added to this game. Uh, yeah, I, I think so too. It is almost enough to make me forgive them for having platforming in a first-person game in the first place, but uh, that's another peeve. I do like the ability to slide. I'm not sure how useful it is from gameplay terms. Do, but do you see they kept the butt stomp from pre-sequel? Yes. Except yes, you can't I, float for forever to line it up very well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just something you end up doing because you get bored when you're jumping around. There's some maps that are floatier than others. Like, I'm in some... Uh, I'm on Prometheus fighting some Malawan guys, and there's a part where you're more gravity-resistant, so you can you can play around a bit more with the jumping because you're floatier, but it's not a big deal. But it's just something I end up doing because yeah, I'm in midair and then my brain goes, you can smash to the ground. And I'm like, I will do this. Yeah. Even though it has no purpose. So well, it hurts them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I can never hit anyone with it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just end up doing it for the heck of it. Wait, there's a Goomba stomp in Borderlands 3. Yes. Yep. Awesome. You just crouch while you're in midair and you so, will 
smash to the ground. Which characters are the two of you playing? Because I've heard that the character that you play pretty heavily changes how you play. I am playing the Siren Amara, I think her name is, although almost all of my friends are playing Flack. I'm playing Flack as well because I wanted to play with the pets. And I'm wondering if that was a mistake because I'm Uh, here. I don't know. The pets are kind of overpowered. Um, Well, then that's what I want to keep doing. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, everyone playing the pets is having a super easy time of it. I'm not having a bad time because uh, the Siren essentially has Phase Grab, which is this game's version of Phase Lock. But you can also switch to direct damaging attacks. I like that. That's when you put them in a big bubble in the sky and I just shoot them and do lots of damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've expanded this one a lot. Like, they have some of the similar things from uh, Borderlands 2 where you'll suck enemies in when you do a phase grab. And then they have another skill that makes chains appear that attach to nearby enemies. And the damage you deal to a phase grabbed enemy, part of that is done to all the chained enemies. So you can kind of get some really good crowd control with phase grab now. Uh, It's definitely more sophisticated than just using phase grab and throwing a grenade and hoping it would kill everything that got sucked in. Although that still works, too. Um, but when you're fighting a boss, it's nice to switch to one of the direct damaging abilities so you're not, you know, incapable of doing anything useful besides shoot. So well, I'll say the siren in you this game is a bit more really balanced. easily in this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can equip any one of the three action skills at any time, so you might not That's be a as... point, yeah. Yeah, you might not be as powerful if you spec heavily into one, but, I mean, if the boss is immune to your phase grab, at least you've got something. So, I'm digging it. I like it a lot. Uh, I still have some issues with how they've designed some of the loot mechanics. Like, Legendary seem a lot more generous this time than in Borderlands 2. I think I've gotten 6 or 7 by level 22, which is far more than you'd get in Borderlands 2, but... Generally speaking, your best place to pick up new weapons is still vending machines, and that always kind of bugged me. Yep. So, by the way, what I'm doing right now is uh, vending machine runs to try to pick up the next iteration of the Maliwan Fire SMGs that I've always loved using in these games. So, so I have a I have a save where I've uh, <laughs> hacked the amount of gold I have. Oh and, boy! Uh, yeah, just sitting in front of the vending machine it was like. Christmas. <laughs> and by actually, I'm sorry, not the vending machine, the slot machines actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like Christmas. It's like just waiting and like, oh that's I've never seen that before. Oh, I've never seen that before. Oh, I've never seen that before. Oh, that's great. So it seems like um money is much more useful in this game than the other two, but uh it's hard to get in game. So it takes a while. That's what I noticed at least. Yeah, I mean that's fair, because you've got uh SDUs you can buy too and they get pretty expensive. Like yeah. I was doing some first thing I did on that hacked one was go and buy all the SDUs, and it's like, oh, I have the ammo I need now. Finally, yay! <laughs> and I have room I'm... in my bag. Yay! This game's more playable now. Yay! <laughs> I'm almost ready to be done with ammo as a game mechanic in shooters. I, I know it sounds weird, but unless it's Resident Evil, where it's kind of a survival mechanic. Come on, do we really need to waste time with this still? Uh, just, <laughs> You're just done with ammo. Uh, yeah, I'm just sick of ammo. It's If you really think about it, there's going to be somebody who just goes, yeah, you know what, you're shooting 
globs of plasma from a plastic gun anyways. Do we really care about realism? You know who got rid of ammo first already, long time ago? The first Mass Effect. Right, yeah, and then they went back like a bunch of They went back to ammo because they, I don't know why, it was dumb. It was the worst idea. It's like, you had the lore, you had the reason, you had the system, it was great, and now you went back to ammo? I mean, I know the in-game explanation, but I always just like... Like, I think the original lore in Mass Effect was you just had solid blocks of metal and the gun would shear off the amount it needed based on computing to hit the target. Yeah, yeah. and the thing that would build up was heat, right? And so you needed to vent heat every so often. I was like, that's perfect! I don't need to go collect ammo. And then the next game they said, well, you need to collect heat sinks for your gun. Yeah, thermal We didn't need heat sinks before. Nobody in their right mind would go from that gun design from before to this one, so I'm not buying your lore explanation. (laughs) Well, their lore explanation was like they found out when fighting the Geth, because they apparently never fought anyone before this to find this out, uh-huh. was that the side that got the most bullets off quickest tended to win. Oh, whatever. So they implemented thermal, uh, thermal sinks to allow you to just get rid of all the heat. Ever. It's like, come on, here, whatever. <laughs> just get another gun or something. <laughs> just throw the gun down and get a new one. Well, no, I mean, just, like, one can cool down, you go switch to fire the other one. It's not, like, all the time you spend in cover in those games anyways. You don't have the time to unholster another weapon. Give me a break. Especially since they, like, decompact and stuff. So, I, I see them doing it. You take it off your back, and it goes from being, like, softball size to a full-fledged weapon. Don't tell me you can't figure this out. All right, well, Mass Effect is dead <laughs> and gone. We don't need to mourn it any longer. Oh, yeah. But the gameplay... So yeah, I'm liking it. I'm not at the end, so I can't really say like how great it is compared to everything else. Like I'm about eight Uh, hours, chapter five or six, which isn't very far. Jeez, I don't know. I'm like I just went to Prometheus for the second time, so wherever. Yeah, we've just me and my friends just cleared up Promethea for the first time. We did all the quests. So I mean, I only play it like eh, about once a week. That's our podcast game for now. It's only now, been so. out a week. I played it the first day. And I played it on the <laughs> you haven't podcast. played it so, since. <laughs> uh, I'm playing it right now, but I'm just running around Sanctuary. Right. So does that really count? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll be playing it again on Monday, but this game, got... this game, you <sighs> know, for all the quality of life improvements, has a lot of um, uh, downtime maintenance, character maintenance time that you need to you know clean up your inventory and stuff they haven't cl- they haven't like streamlined that at all yeah still buying uh bank upgrades so i can store loot and stuff it's like come on just give me a proper stash where i can throw all my junk away but i think what i'm finding is that once you like if you use the cheat engine to like get all the the money and have those upgrades that you're taking a lot of the progression out of the game so i guess they have that because they couldn't come up with anything better for you to do yeah, but, I mean, the progression in this game, like most games of its ilk, doesn't really get started until you're level 50. Because that's when you get, like, the top-tier guns, and you can look at that awesome legendary you got and go, this is the gun I will be using forever. Oh, wait, no, this one has slightly higher stats. There you <gasps> go. Hey, hey, we forgot the best feature. There's an item level on the guns now. No more having yes. to do math to figure out what gun's better unless you're, like, really into it, and I'm not. I, I don't know about that. Like, I'll still pick up guns and be like, this one has all the stats better, and then I'll fire it and be like, what the fresh hell is this? I, all I look at is, like, the special effect. So, like, 
I'll take a lower stu- lower item level grenade if it bounces around and makes duplicates of itself on the battlefield. <laughs> um, I literally I go into firefights and I shoot out grenades and it's just the whole battlefield is covered with like grenade mines and I just wait for the enemies to walk into them. It's it's amazing. Yeah, they've got like Merv bouncing Betty weird stuff going. Or it's yeah, your grenades are pretty fun in this game. They can do some crazy stuff. Um, but like. You still have to be careful with the actual weapons you use in this one. Like, specifically, I like Maliwan SMGs. I've been hooked on them since the beginning. It is the only thing that feels right. And there's, like, three different types of them. And there's one, there's, like, a suffix that's a pulsar, a quasar, and a nebula. And the quasar fires, like, a continuous stream of elemental energy which is low damage and low elemental effect, and I'm not sure what the plus side is. Uh, the nebula... <laughs> I like that. I, 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 All I, it has I is know. downsides. <laughs> it, it seems bad to me. And then, of course, you've got to like keep you know direct fire on them for however much time it takes to kill them. And the pulsar is like the normal guns where it fires a rapid succession of energy bur- bursts at them, which is fine, which is what I'm used to, which is what actually is effective in combat, as far as I can tell. And then you have the uh, nebula which fires bigger, slower projectiles, but they tend to do more damage and have higher elemental effect. So they're fine if you just, you know, it's a bit of a transition from a pulsar to a nebula, but a quasar, you're just like, what the heck is this? Why am I using this? So I've learned not to just trust the stats and numbers on the gun. Got to look at the name, too, to make sure it's going to fire in the way I expect it to. So, and there's lots of other cool stuff that they change too. Like I think uh, Vladoff guns tend to have an optional firing mode. Like I, some. How little... do you even remember the gun manufacturers? You're just sitting here rattling up. Like I don't remember. All I remember <sighs> is the ones I care about are the ones that you throw at the enemy when you reload. TDR. <laughs> Those are my favorite. <laughs> um, I got a TDR SMG that when you reloaded it you put the gun on the ground and it ran like the gun itself was an elemental SMG, but for some reason it fired like a flamethrower. And then when you reloaded the gun detached itself, went on the ground and started chasing people. What? With its- <laughs> yeah. It was a I legendary, <laughs> it was a legendary TDR SMG. I still have it, but it's kind of obsolete now. I have to find this. <laughs> it was, it I was have the other fun. ones that, that it, I throw it on the ground and it says, shoot me. And if you shoot it, it explodes and kills lots of things. Yeah. 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 Those are the classic TDRs, uh, or what now is TDR. Um, but no, I played the remastered Borderlands this summer, and then they had that Borderlands 2 expansion came out, so I was playing that. Which and now I'm really playing does Borderlands set up 3. a lot of plot here. It's like, yeah. um, my I didn't play it, but my friends did, and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what? So what happened? And I, yeah, it was all in the little DLC. It's like, oh, okay. What do I need oh. to know? Uh things happened and now a city gone okay cool <laughs> and if you did not play tales from the borderlands you've oh my got gosh. to find a way to do that because that is like half the Multiple main characters, characters in this game yeah. are tales from borderlands yeah. characters so. they're like totally bringing it all together i guess this is the the send-off maybe you know ah uh, i hope not but we'll see no no it, it's good when companies move on to new ideas don't, there's don't, there's yeah there's a reference to a certain infamous thumb drive in the game <laughs> oh jeez! Yeah, there are a lot of raunchy uh, references in this game. Speaking of, what do you think of the writing? <sighs> well, 
not everything is good about Borderlands 3. <laughs> um, this is what I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, like, some people are, like, really offended by it, and I'm just... It reminds me of my dad. Like, it's just tedious dad humor. Like, stale early 2090s jokes. And sometimes it's funny, like... Uh, there's a part towards the beginning of the game where you have to vent an airlock on a ship and all the cargo goes out and one of the characters says, well, there goes all the left-handed guns. And I thought that was funny because I can imagine someone complaining about there not being left-handed weapons and this being Gearbox's tongue-in-cheek response to that. But otherwise, I mean, I don't want to listen to the characters talk because they just annoy me. It's uh, so. I find most of the humor, just like you, to be kind of like just base base humor not in like a uh it's all potty jokes or anything like that just like yeah this is the obvious joke you would make here it's not very clever um but occasionally (laughs) there's lines that come up and i laugh and it's like so they're not all hits but some of them land so like i appreciate that some of them land and they're trying i appreciate humor's hard but overall it's like uh the majority of it is not that great so it's like i'm i'm not exactly wanting more of it because i know that the majority of it is not going to be something i appreciate so it's like eh, take it or leave it mostly leave i'm it. One, <laughs> one of the rare people that has always hated tiny tina oh i and I'm, i don't like tiny tina either i am dreading meeting her in this game i'm sure she's gonna show up and just ruin my night i don't yeah. like the grandma oh the grandma's the best <laughs> <laughs> that was in the first game <laughs> no, no no nathan you don't understand <laughs> We were we were away somewhere for something, and we were staying in a hotel, and I was sleeping. I'll go get that. And <laughs> Chris was playing Borderlands, and there was a woman, and she just would not shut up. And she <laughs> talked and talked and talked. And eventually I rolled over in the bed, and I'm like, please, please make her shut up. <laughs> and Chris is like, well, I... I can't make her shut up. I'm I'm doing her quest. And and I said, "Can can you please just shoot her?" And I mean, you you can said, mute the TV. Right? No, no, he he was playing on um he was playing on uh, our our laptop. Uh, well, I mean, laptops, I don't know why he wasn't using headphones. Controls. I sincerely don't know why he wasn't using headphones. I have a friend who must have some disorder and i don't know what it is but he has to hear the game and he like if you make any noise while something he deems to be game essential is going on and this varies depending on his mood apparently he will just freak out and me i don't care about the sound of games i will i will turn it off and play silent i will play an entire guide game completely muted just because i'll get sick of the music and the noise and the chatter and all the other stuff and I don't like I don't understand why some people have to listen to every part of the game. Maybe it's just him, but maybe no, Chris I'm, has I'm, that I'm too. totally on your side of this because like um well I'm gonna actually jump into what I was playing is I was playing Puzzle Quest um this week. Yay. So Puzzle Quest of Legend Returns, it's available now on Switch. By the time this podcast recording is up, my review will be up. Um wow. and but the thing is is they haven't changed the music at all. And this is the fourth time that I've played the first Puzzle Quest game. <laughs> so I am sick of the music. And they didn't change any of it. They made it nicer, but they didn't change any of it. 
So I'm like five hours into the game and I'm just like, mute. Put on a podcast. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of YouTube going on while I play games. <laughs> so. There were, there was a lot of Hulu episodes while, while I was playing Puzzle Quest. So, yeah, I play Puzzle Quest. It's good. It's the best way to play the first Puzzle Quest game. And they added a whole bunch of new quests. And they added um, some new companion NPCs. And Chris just stepped in the cat barf. <laughs> Poor Chris. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, because she's been throwing up a lot, hasn't she? Oh, sorry. Right, podcast. Mm-hmm. Our cat, <laughs> our poor cats. Um, I was talking about Puzzle Quest, right? Yeah. So yes. they added some new companions, and they added like a hundred new quests, and those revolve around the new companions. And there's a whole new storyline about um golem enemies which have cool mechanics that i don't think exist anywhere else in like literally any other puzzle quest game um they have cool like magic um reflection stuff and yeah um so it was neat it added another um depth of things to do um and it like fitted into the main storyline quest really well to the point where i was like oh this must be new content because i don't remember doing this 16 times um and but it's got some technical issues which is to say um when you play in handheld mode it lags so oh. bad when you're doing big moves so um i i chose the paladin which is one of the five new classes it revolves largely around yellow mana which meant that when i went down there there's a bunch of optional quests that you can do that um uh, give you storm-based equipment, and storm-based equipment basically explodes a column every time you fulfill a requirement of the piece of armor. So one of them is, like, if you collect, um, like, six or more yellow mana in a turn, it explodes a column. One of them is if you do, like, a four-of-a-kind. Um, and I don't think I wore the other two pieces because they weren't relevant. Those two were the most relevant to me. So I'm, like, constantly blowing up columns. It's, like, a high-risk... Um, high reward sort of style of gameplay because it, it's really easy to get um, heroic efforts, which is multiple um, combos in the same move. But it also means that you can mess up potential future moves really easily if it blows up the column that you wanted to use. Um, and so, yeah, when I was doing stuff like that or when I was doing things that like largely changed the structure of the on screen grid, it would hang for noticeable like three to five seconds. I put up a couple videos on my Twitter, AM Privateer. Um, I might actually put up another one after the podcast just so maybe that I can link it in the review. But does it play fine in uh, docked mode? Um, less hang, still evident. Okay. So a little wonky from the technical side, and if you've already played it three times, the music might not be something you want to hear again. But the new content's really Oh my good. gosh, I was sick of the... I didn't even finish Puzzle Quest, and I was <laughs> sick of the music. Yeah, so I played it on DS, and then, it, then there was like an Xbox slash PS3 version that had a unique expansion... And that expansion eventually came to iOS and 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 uh, PC, but it came so late. I feel like most people that had the iOS or PC game didn't play it. So 
Yeah, the, for most people, it'll actually be two new expansions because I just I feel like so few people play the Plague Ward content. But you're supposed to do them before you finish the game or after? Um, either. I'm I mean, so confused because you like did them and then you went and finished the game. You're like, oh, this is trivial. Yeah, so um, I feel like there used to be a level cap of 50 in the DS game. Puzzle, quest, level, cap. Max level question. So this is 360. Um, yeah, so in the previous games, the level cap was 50. Okay. And now there is no level cap? Or? Um, I think it's uh, it was 50 before. I think it's 60 now because a bunch of the screenshots that we got were showing people at level 60. But the difference even between 50 and 51 is really high. Um, mostly because... Um, there's a mechanic that lets you buy upgrades from your Citadel and it goes up based on the number of levels that you have. Bubbles? Huh? You said, you said bubbles? No, no, no. Um, so there are, there's a temple that you can buy in your Citadel and it lets you buy more stat points. Yeah. But the number of stat points that you can buy is directly related to your level. Level, okay. So it lets you kind of break the game if you go above 50. So yeah, I think I was like 53 by the time I went and, and took on the original final boss, Lord Bane, and it was a gay clock. <laughs> it was really easy. So yeah, I liked it. Um, if you haven't played Puzzle Quest, this is definitely the way to play it. If you haven't played it since the DS, it's probably worth a revisit. And then, so see, I, I had my week <laughs> scheduled out. I was like, all right, the review embargo for Puzzle Quest is Wednesday. So I'm going to finish the game on Wednesday, and then I'm going to write the review, and then I'm going to put it into um, editing on Thursday, because then I can post it on Friday, and then I will be free on Friday to play so much Zelda's Link's Awakening. I used <laughs> one of my um, Nintendo vouchers on it. I'm so excited to play it, because I've never played Zelda's Adventure or Link's Adventure. No one's played Zelda's Adventure because that's not a game. <sighs> oh, jeez. Look, a girl can dream. Yeah. Apparently and, Link's going to do And the then Thursday now, night, because I was done, or I guess Thursday, because I was done, Chris comes home and he's like, well, why don't you try some Apple Arcade games? Sorry. And I'm like, all right. So I put like 15 new games on my iPad we went through and we're like oh this looks good oh this looks good oh this looks good and then i was like right the guys that did so it's the guys that do snipper clips for everybody else in the world but for me they're the guys that did detective grimoire which was like this awesome whodunit murder mystery game with like high quality graphics and really good voice acting and it was like yay this is what mobile games should be instead of money pits of gotcha nonsense Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, there um, are well, such things as high quality mobile games. And it's like, look, look, play Detective Grimoire because it's a good high quality mobile game. They made a second Detective Grimoire game. It's called Tangle Tower and it is awesome. Please play it if you have Apple Arcade. If you don't have Apple Arcade, don't worry. It's coming to both Steam and Switch and you need to play it. It's really good. 
See, my idea of a high-quality um, mobile Anna, game Anna, is one... Go, hold okay. on. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm testing the controller on your Switch, and I, I ended up in your <laughs> screenshots. Oh, are you looking at the screenshots for Omega Labyrinth Life? I don't... You need to delete these. <laughs> oh, We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> you don't like my softcore porn Switch? No. Well, publicly, no. <laughs> I forgot you did. No, you wrote a review for that. I no, she didn't. I she can't finish the game. Review because uh, I'm, I'm getting frustrated by the gameplay. I have to like sit down and do a whole bunch of mini games in order to power up my characters so that I can continue on. And I just haven't had the patience for that. It's getting to the point where the boobs are in the way of me enjoying the game. That shouldn't oh, happen. Oh, come on now. I have never heard a more false statement in my life. <sighs> I have to make the girls splash. Over and over again, <laughs> in order to get their st- base stuff. I don't know what that means, and I don't think I want to. Oh, I I've I've mean. explained it on previous podcasts. That's fine. You don't have to go over it again. It. <laughs> all right. So then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna play Tangle Tower, and I played Tangle Tower. I'm like, this game was awesome. I forgot how much I love love Who Done and Murder Mysteries, and so I wrote up in a an adventure corner, and that's improving. So maybe that'll be up by the time the podcast is. And then I'm like, all right, I gotta play all the murder <laughs> mystery games. Um, and so I pulled up um, Murder Mystery Machine, and I was so sad and disappointed because it's, like, not at all what I wanted. Aww. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? It's got, like, all it's of for the... for someone else? Or? It's, it's got all the trappings of our murder mystery game, but none of, like, the smooth function and execution that it should. I, okay, give me an example, please. All right. So you talk to someone... Um, and there, there, there's a body on the floor. All right. So you click Let on the, the body. Hit the floor. No. And, oh, and it's like, oh, it looks like at least he didn't suffer. And then up pops a screen that says that has. This the, man suffered horribly. No, no, no. Oh, there's, oh, okay. it, it pops up your evidence screen. Okay. And it's like the name of the person. And then three little, um, spikes come off of it. And one says nine millimeter gun. Bloodstain, and I forget what the third one Get was. All the milk. Um, and it's like, y- if you try to tap on those to get in- additional information, no, just bloodstain found on deceased. What am I supposed to be doing with this information? And then you finally realize what the game wants you to do is it wants you to basically poke into every nook and cranny until you've discovered all the evidence and then try to draw lines between the evidence to trigger additional information. And the problem is, is what the, what the relationships between the stuff is, is not intuitive at all because you have no information about the, about the facts that you have in your possession. So all so you have is bloodstain found on David Smith. So it wants you to draw lines based on the evidence they give you, but you need more information to actually draw the lines yeah yeah it's like there's not enough context for me to understand so why you I'm need so somebody standing over <laughs> your shoulder saying the line must be drawn here thank you chris sorry the line must be drawn yeah can i just throw my ring at you the line must be drawn yeah please something much much heavier than a ring the line must be drawn yeah no further <laughs> yeah <clears throat> What's wrong with the Captain Picard, Anna? 
Why don't you like crap, Captain Picard? So yeah, it's just it's it's got all the the structure of a murder mystery game, but none of the entertainment, which is just a bummer. Um, so I also on Apple Arcade played um, what was that um, picture game that you made me play? The picture game? Yeah. The patterns? Yeah. So patterns is like a game where they give you Tetris style pieces, and you have to figure out where on the screen they go. And it makes no sense trying to explain it. It's one of those things that you probably have to see in a video, so go see a video. <laughs> but I didn't like it because I'm red-green colorblind, and I was struggling to put stuff where it belonged. I, I didn't even ask you about your colorblindness affecting that. That is that what it was? Yeah. Ah. So I was having to work really hard at like looking at the shapes on the pieces instead of the colors. Um, and there were a lot of shapes that were super similar. So I was having, like, I put down a piece and, like, surely this goes here. And the game was like, <laughs> no. It's a cool concept. It just doesn't work for me. Oh, oh, oh. And I also played uh, Dear Reader, which is such a cool little word game. All right. So what it does is it takes, like, uh, popular it takes, books. No, it takes public domain literature. <laughs> yes. Let's be clear why yeah. they're choosing those. Yeah. So it's it's public works. And what it does is it challenges you to do things with the words in order to write, rewrite the book. So like, um, there are words missing, right? Yeah. So, or other things. Yeah. So there are words missing or misspelled or in the wrong order. So at the moment I'm playing through pride and prejudice and I've never read zombies. No, so oh. I've never read Pride and Prejudice. It'd be so much better. If and it was and it's kind of like antiquated English. And so I I sometimes don't get the words in the right order, but I can always replay a chapter if I want to get a better score. <laughs> um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's cool because I actually get to read a book that I haven't read before. So um, depending on how much, uh, depending on how perfect your play is, you get ink. And then you use that ink to buy new books. So I played long enough in Pride of Prejudice that I unlocked the Jungle Book last night. And I'm like, yay! And now I have a dilemma because I don't know if I should finish Pride and Prejudice or if I should read the Jungle Book. <laughs> well, that's one way to market free books as a video game. It's fun. <laughs> and it's neat because, because Pride and Prejudice is slightly... Um, antiquated English, what happens is at the end of every chapter, there's sort of like an editor's summary just in case the language was a little too dense for you to figure out what was going on. I, I mean, some of it is cultural too. So it's like um, the idea that someone has to listen to you um, politely is not a thing in Pride of Prejudice. And in fact, there's like entire chapters around basically one of the girls telling off the guy that's like, dude, I don't have to listen to your dumb crap. <laughs> and he's going, but, but yeah, you do. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of been my week. I'm supposed to be playing Zelda, but nope. All for some Apple mobile games. Oh, but they're all good, right? But they're good. That's the weird, that's the surprise about Apple Arcade. It's where all the good games went. Also, on you know, this is something that I was seeing um, talked about on Twitter, and it was so fascinating. Um, the, the Thursday was the day where the most number of games came out in very specific languages. So, like, almost all of the Apple Arcade games are translated into Aramaic. So, it's the single most 
day with the largest number of Aramaic releases. And what was I telling you? Sayonara Wild Hearts came in like Netherlands, French or Dutch, French and English. Yeah. It was weird. So yeah, I was playing um Tangle Tower and it has something like twenty languages. It's crazy. It's so exciting to see that. I want to see that in more and more things. Why is that exciting for you? Because I feel like there are huge markets that are completely underserved by video games. And it's part of the reason why piracy is prevalent in those areas, particularly the Middle East and Africa. I want to see everybody love video games and playing them legally. I have a dream. Okay. Well, all right. Uh do you want me to ruin your dream just a little bit? Yes. No! Yes. I played the first Witcher game back in, I think, what, 2007 is when it came out on PC. And some of the background characters say some pretty raunchy stuff. Um, one of the lines I remember hearing is, I'm not going to say it verbatim because I don't know what the standards of this podcast are, but <laughs> it, involved, it involved performing a sexual act uh, with a dwarf. And... <laughs> I heard that line. I was like, that is hilarious just to have a character say that. I mean, it's so brazen and great that they paid somebody to say this in a video game. (laughs) And so what I had to do is the first Witcher game came with a lot of languages. And I had to change the game language repeatedly so I could find out what this was in various European languages. That's amazing. That sounds awesome. That is. uh, How is that ruining the dream? That's like... That is the dream, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, this might actually be what people do with the extra language options. I, and yeah, you know, you're right, Chris. That's probably to me. That sounds um, amazing. It expanded my vocabulary. <laughs> and so later, when I went to college and was taking German class, I knew the word for dwarf intrinsically. <laughs> and a couple other interesting words. <laughs> well, those didn't come up surprisingly. Uh, do we just colloquially call that dwarf tossing? <laughs> very close, very close. All right, uh, Alex, have have you managed to crawl your way onto the cast yet? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Wow, I'm, Anna, I'm so sorry. Uh, hold on, everybody. I have a Joy-Con modding update for you. Your metal. Joy-Con buckles, a.k.a. locks, a.k.a. whatever we're calling them, little metal thing that keeps it locked in uh-huh. the system, they're showing similar wear and tear to the plastic ones. <gasps> There's a groove developing along it. They're going to fail soon. Wow. So this metal that I've been getting through uh, AliExpress, apparently not the best metal. <laughs> All right, carry on. All right. So, Alex, I, I really want to hear about I, the Somnium Files, because this is the visual novel made by the 999 guy. Oh yeah, I have a friend that's nuts. Yeah, about it's Ichikoshi. How is it? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's definitely Ichikoshi's work. I've only actually I've not played it probably long enough to actually get a feel of how good it is, but you can definitely see some of the some of the things that are familiar. Like all of, all of the characters will make horrible puns as much as possible. <laughs> things, but yeah. But All no, right. it's so far, yeah, it's just been regular adventure, adventure game style things. So there is, it has introduced like the tutorial bits with the puzzles in the dream world. And yeah, those look like they're going to be interesting because they are in the dream world and therefore follow dream logic. 
Okay. And so there are nothing to do with actual logic whatsoever. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you, you, you won't necessarily be doing things that would make sense in the real world. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've not actually got to any proper proper puzzles in, in that yet, so it remains to be seen how that works. All right, so what have you been playing enough of that you you want to talk about it? So, yeah, I finished Astral Chain. Yes, and your review is Ooh. up. Yes, my review is now up. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. I don't think it's Platinum Games' strongest one, just because there's a few minor things and the story sort of doesn't answer a load of things about the games, especially about the setting and what the antagonists actually are the trying to do. The fact that you're enslaving beasts beyond their, be, uh, against their will and making them do your arbitrary uh, battles for you? you know? oh, yeah, yeah, well, they, they destroyed most of humanity first. Alright, all right, so screw them. Yeah, but yeah, it's more about what on earth they actually are. Is just Yeah, these are things, just do stuff with them. All right, um, uh, and then you've been playing. Wait, 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 well, the combat's slightly different because you've got you're basically trying to control two characters at once as the main differentiator between it. So you have the, your character and you have the legion, and you're connected by a chain, so you can move move both your character and the legion around, which you want to do just to wrap the chain around the enemy, and then it holds them in place for a brief period during which you can just go and whack it. Uh, it's relative, in terms of virtual mechanics and dodging and stuff, it's relatively similar to, I think, Near Automata. Another Platinum game, the, right? Yeah. yeah. So just a few extra things on that. The main, I think the main issue is just, just that the controls are a little awkward because, Jeff, like I said, you're trying to control two characters at once, so there's things where you can... It just becomes annoying to do a, a couple of things, especially on the platforming style sections that it has if you think it wants you to solve puzzles using the legion it usually does those in sort of platforming style style ways it, do, it does have basically like near smarter auto battle modes which you can turn on if that's not the sort of thing you're interested in so Okay, does that it, make the game really slow if you do that, or how, how does that end up? No, it just makes it ridiculously easy. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. It, it's it's not... Yeah, the base difficulties aren't especially challenging as Platinum Games go as well, so... Yeah, there's two, yeah, there's two base difficulties, and then like the Unchained mode, which does all the auto-stuff things, and then you unlock an extra mode just by completing all of the chapters. Which is like the most difficult one. Okay. So, um, how do you like this? All right, the story's not satisfying. It sounds like, as far as explaining uh, all the things. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's so satisfying. It's it's there's a lot of cool bits in it. It just yeah, it doesn't it just leaves like loads of holes just unanswered. But mm. 
it's still it's still an entertaining enough story. And uh, did you enjoy like the characters and the writing and plot? Or, yeah, uh, dialogue? Some, it's, it's slightly weird how it handles like the the main character and their twin because basically the main character becomes the silent protagonist, and then the twin you're not playing actually gets sort of most of the characterization of the game. So well, the one you should pick is the one you don't want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. So you've got one character you've got to look at all the time, and the other you've got to hear all the time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, if it's, you, it's not quite as effective as it could have been. If you like near Automata, do you think you'd like this, or are they a bit too different to make that generalization? Um, I think you should, because especially if you like the gameplay near Automata, then you might you probably like this. But yeah, it's still definitely enjoyable. Sort of. I'd give it a general recommendation regardless. Just just because I do like how the um it's got it's got all the Titan games sort of style behind it, so all the all the visual effects and animations and all that stuff is is present, so all right. it's definitely it's definitely nice to look at. I... Worth buying? Is this with all the other things coming out this month? <laughs> Yeah, I'd say so. It's it's definitely different enough to stand out and be worthwhile. I mean, should I make room for it in my busy RPG schedule? Mm-hmm. <laughs> depends what depends what else is in the schedule. All right, cool. All right, Chris is the last person who hasn't talked about what what games. what am I talking about? Honk. I finished Ow. Elsinore a couple weeks ago, and I forgot to mention it last week. Um, so that was really good. I'll just say that um, I did really bad things in the end of that game, and I should be ashamed of myself. And I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just put that out there. Um, and then the uh, the that was the Hamlet Groundhog Day game. The the thing I've been playing uh, off and on since then, and uh, I'm really still enjoying, is called Cold Vambrace. I've been playing it on the Switch. It's kind of like a Darkest Dungeon, but it has like. Uh, it seems way more accessible and easier to progress than Darkest Dungeon, at least what time I've played spent with Darkest Dungeon. And I like the, the quests, I like the writing, I like um, the interaction of your main character and the other people in the little isolated world you're in. So you are a lady whose father sent you a note that says, hey, take my special book and go solve some crap over here. This is my last dying wish for you. All the answers await you there. Here's a special glove to put on. You put the special glove on, you can't take it off, and it lets you get through like this ice barrier that lets you into this isolated city that's been under lockdown. Everyone just kind of assumed they gone because this ice wall went up and nobody's been coming out since and nobody could get through the ice wall. But you can, and uh, just you, uh, just lets you go through it, like you walk through it. Um, so you can't really rescue everyone yet, but uh, you're there to solve the mysteries, and it's about uh, doing uh, little... Uh, runs in the darkest dungeon style with a four character party and you kind of assign like one piece of gear on them to boost their stats and you put your party together based off I want a party that has good detection for traps, good good ability to unlock treasures or good ability to rest at campfires and you have some little trade-offs to choose um, and then your class styles and you put all that together, make your party, go on a run, get some equipment that you can do crafting back at the camp and uh, the game doesn't really penalize you for making repeat runs to kind of grind equipment uh, the penalty is a, a dying. Don't die, because if you die, the character, if it's not your main character, they're gone, and you lose the piece of gear that you had equipped on them, and that sucks. 
Uh, if you die, you just wake up back in bed at uh, at camp to to try again, and they're like, "Hey, you should be more careful." But there's no real penalty that I can see. Um, and then it's really about progressing through like these. So far, there's been four areas for me. I think there'll be a fifth. I'm not sure. And then I assume final boss and done game. Um, it doesn't seem like a terribly long experience, but I've been playing it in very short bursts, so it's been taking a little while. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I like the little grindy gameplay of getting loot and kind of feeling prepared to go on the next area because there's that weight of needing to be prepared. And I just like that feeling of, I better prepare. All right, I can do this. I can do this. Oh, I better retreat to, to camp. And you can retreat really kind of at any time between battles and be like, you know, we're going to go back and uh, just uh, regroup and, and try this again. And then you try it again. You keep the loot you found, the money you found. And so it helps make sure you're always moving forward, but also having a weight to your actions and you needing to actually like do the work to be ready for, for going into one of these um, dungeon delvings that you do. Um, and yeah, and uh, so far I've liked the writing and I've liked the interactions. They got, it's a pretty dark world with a lot of interactions between races and... Um, but not too gory or too horry, in my opinion. So it's like right at that that edge of where I like like things to have gone bad, but not so bad that it's like, ugh, this is just a zombie movie or anything. So, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it, and I like it and recommend it for anyone looking for an indie kind of that sort of Darkest Dungeon feel. I don't know what else to call those. Because <laughs> it's not really a roguelike, but, um, yeah, yeah, I like it. That's all I got. Honk. Honk. Oh, I played Goose Game last night. Honk. I finished Goose Game last night. You were oh. a jerk. I was I was an incorrigible goose. All right, so Nathan hasn't heard of what Goose Game is. Um, it's called Untitled Goose Game. Uh, no, it's, it's a, not called anything. No, it's called The Untitled Goose Game. No, it does not have a title. Uh, it's officially untitled. That says Untitled Goose Game no, in no. the store. No, no, no. Even they've said there's a difference between a title and a name. The game officially has no title. It is called or named the Untitled Goose Game. Okay, whatever it is. That's its name then. You're all terrible. Um, <laughs> you're just trying to be difficult. And that's no. so in fitting with the theme of this game. <laughs> you are a goose and you wake up and it's deci- and you decide, I'm going to go screw with the people of this town because this is my m- this apparently is your daily routine <laughs> is to terrorize these poor folks. It sounds like a goose to me. It, it's yeah. accurate. Gooses it's, are awful. Yeah. Didn't you have two gooses at your... Oh, no, those were swans, weren't they? Um. Well... There's Swans some... are pretty terrible too. Yeah. Swans are awful. Uh, I think there was time where we had geese because actual swans would be worse. Um, yeah, it's it's not. These birds are mean, so you you can put out your feathers and like run after people and run them into corners and stuff. It's amazing. My <laughs> favorite part is is at one point he scared a little boy to the point where he hid himself in a phone booth. He called 911. And he called the police to and say they... he was trapped in a phone booth with a goose, and they didn't believe him, and they, and hung, they up hung up on him. It was the best. <laughs> the poor kid. Um, and then I made him buy his own toy back from the supermarket. <laughs> oh, I'm such a jerk. Uh, yeah, so your job as this jerk is to go around and do... Jer- as this jerk, as this goose, is to go around and do jerky goose things and um, uh, messing with the farmer's fields and terrorizing small children and that sort of stuff. And so... You kind of just do these things and drive these people crazy until they get sick of you and do something that opens up your progression to the next area to terrorize more people until you get to your ultimate goal, which I will not spoil for you. 
Um, but it's a delightful little end to your escapades. <laughs> it's a short game, probably three hours or so, and then uh, and then you're done. And I had fun with it. Um, I think it didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, it is one of those things that suffers from the, you can only have as much fun as little f- f- as as they come up with scenarios for you to make people angry with, and then you're just kind of bored. So um, they had to keep coming up with that, and that that can only last so far before you're like, oh, I've already messed with people in a similar way, so who cares? Um, I think there's room for an expansion and more <laughs> and more uh, irritating antics for a goose if they really wanted to. But um, it's it's all about the writing of the peoples and the reactions and how you deal with them and how you, how you I just, just love them. how for a game that has absolutely no voice acting and almost no sound at all, they do an amazing job of transcribing how everyone thinks and feels. So the way, yeah, the way that's uh, communicated is whenever you're just walking around like nothing's going on and then when people see you and start getting mad at you or seeing you do something that annoys them, the piano starts playing. So it's kind of like a Breath of the Wild sort of soundtrack thing where it's like when you hear more and more active piano, you know, someone's coming after you and they're upset and it's great. (laughs) Why does it sound like The Haunting? Does anyone remember that from the Sega Genesis? No. Oh, you played some uh, kid who got killed on a skateboard because it was the 90s and all the cool kids used skateboards. And some... Someone sold you a defective skateboard, so now you're back from the dead to haunt the skateboard manufacturer's family. And you just go around the house and you take possession of various things in the house and use them to scare people. Basically the whole game there in a loop. Huh. Yeah, that does sound familiar. All right, I think that's everything everybody's been playing. It's time for feedback. What do you? It, that's not the news. It's, it's feedback. The telegrams of feedback oh, coming in. Oh, boy. All right. So we asked people, because it, it just came out yesterday, are, are you getting a Switch Lite? And why are we not? Um, Alex, are you getting a Switch Lite? Switch? No, not yet. I was okay. tempted, but no. Nathan, are you getting a Switch Lite? Not a chance. Okay. We're thinking about hacking one of our OG units to play dev copies. And if we <laughs> do, we'll get a Switch Lite. <laughs> Um, all right, so we asked people if you're getting a Switch Lite. All right, Gamer Escar writes in and says, The enhanced portability of the Switch Lite would have been ideal as I travel quite often on Amtrak for work, but the negligible difference in battery life makes it an easy pass. Really? I thought it, like, doubled the battery life. I don't know what the Switch Lite does or not, because the Switch Lite might have a smaller battery in it. We have to check uh, on that. The regular Switch got, like, 50% battery life. Yes, improved. okay. So I'm not crazy. All right. Uh, Gamer Escort also says, I instead opted for the Dragon Quest Eleven Japan console bundle that releases at the end of September. It also <sighs> has the improved battery life and some nice design work on the console itself. It is very pretty. I'm so jealous. Uh, Victor says, so here's a quick switch story. My regular model switch gets very hot when playing games. It would get so hot that when it in stock, it would start automatically entering sleep mode due to overheating about half an hour into a game like Mario Tennis Aces. The solution to this problem (laughs) is to open up the back of the switch dock when playing it in docked mode. There's Uh. actually a built-in hinge gate just for this purpose. The extra air circulation is enough to prevent the automatic sleep modes from triggering. I don't think that's what the purpose of that gate is for, but all right. It is, actually. No, that's to get access to the back USB ports and stuff. Uh, Okay. I've always heard it called the ventilation gate. What? And yeah, you do need to vent your switch because it can get quite warm. 
I did um, not know that. Yeah, the Switch Lite is about the same as the original Switch. Oh, okay. In terms of, bat- in terms of battery life. Gotcha. So here's my question. If this ventilation gate's so important, why is it ever closed? Um, why because not just make if it with you have your Switch in a well-ventilated area, you may or may not need it. And the advantage of having it there at all is... I don't know. Cheese? Aesthetics. All right, cool. Because you, you, you're always looking at the back of your Switch dock. <laughs> yep. Um, Victor says playing their Switch in handheld mode seems to work fine. It gets hot, but keeps running okay as long as it's held in the air and not resting against a surface that traps heat. Um, Victor says, I'm not getting a Switch Lite. I already have a Switch, and if something were to happen to it, I'd prefer a replacement that can play games on the TV. Yes. Um, Switch modding update. Switch modding update. Uh Uh, You can see here, I broke one of the replacement um, joysticks. I broke it. I shore its ribbon cable in two. So we're going back to one of your original joysticks for this controller. (laughs) Um... Hopefully it's not the one that drifts. Um, I I'm switching them. I'm. Yeah, because you said the right one dri- switch uh, drifted on you, so I'm putting the left one in the right, and the left one got a new one. Okay, that sounds good. All right, so hang on, going back to the feedback. Right, Shaman writes in and says, since I apparently caused the question of the week, I'm getting it because Lord, I need that D-pad. The fact that I was able to pull off a deal for buying the remodeled Switch where I got $120 in groceries and the ability to trade in for a free Switch Lite was a nice side effect. Wait, what? That sounds like an amazing deal. $120 in groceries? Yeah. What in the world did you do? I, yeah. Shaman. This sounds illegal. Donald, we this need the full illegal. story on this place. You, you did something bad. All right. Um, Featherhoof. I found it funny and couldn't help but to laugh listening to your hour-long love fest over WoW Classic because of all of the things y'all were excited about sounded exactly why my time with WoW started with the launch of Burning Crusade and one Taran Druid and Draenei Shaman later. It ended bur- with Burning Crusade, right. having never even made it to the Burning Crusade content. There you go. Also, why I didn't play another MMO again until I was harassed with from friends to play Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, Featherhoof also says, Hint, I will... it's a better game. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV, Realm Reborn, and Onwards is an excellent game. Um, quote of the, question of the week. I will not be getting a Switch Lite. It's just not for me. For me, the only thing in the pros column is the D-pad. I went and did the GameStop trade-in of my launch Switch, which had the original awful battery life and ran quite hot at times, for the one with the new chipset, and I am quite content. Plus, as someone who prefers docked mode whenever possible, the Switch Lite is fundamentally not for me. Uh, P.S. If you'd have me, I will gladly play Bucket Party in January with you. Yay! We actually got several like offers of, of Bucket Party play um, this week, both publicly and privately. So, yay! Ooh, um, I want to join your private Bucket Party. <laughs> <sighs> oh, uh, the dual sigh. Okay, all right. I, I see. Platty wrote in. Matt couldn't be on the show today. Um, there was enough wow to make me miss the good old Fire Emblem Three Houses days. Ah, the memories. <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Maybe three. I'm uh, still playing Fire Emblem. <laughs> Aren't you making a guide for it? Yes, I'm yeah. slow as molasses. You're going to be playing this that guide. This guide is going like to be done by the, the time year. the new route will come out. Come on. <laughs> and then I'll have something else to work on. Uh-huh. 
All right, Plaid. Uh, Matt says, um, uh, "No Switch Lite for me. I played too many kids with my too many games with my. <laughs> I played too many kids. No, I played too many games with my kids docked, and while I do 100% handheld for my wait, RPGs, wait, wait. where do you dock your children? Does this keep them out of trouble? Does it recharge them? No. What does this mean, docking your children? No, he plays the Switch docked with his kids." Oh, okay. Is that better? Yeah. All right. Um, uh, the while I do 100% handhold for my RPGs, the second device just isn't in the budget. Damn all these amazing remakes of beloved titles on my Switch. Is he talking about the Infinity Engine games? I'm going to assume he is. Um, Even those are not. those are ports. I don't think so. Let me dream. <laughs> No, I'm ruining your dreams. <laughs> All right. Uh, Strawberry Eggs writes in and says, I already have a Switch and my sister doesn't play video games enough to use mine. I suppose if she ever does want her own, I would either get her the light or give her my current one to get the light. Also, if you need someone to hold the chalice, I will gladly join the bucket party. Yay, bucket party peoples. <laughs> Yeah, I had someone message me, and it's like, hey, you don't know me, but I listen to your podcast, and I want to carry your bucket. And I'm like, that's hilarious. And a little creepy. And a, no, it wasn't creepy at all. Maybe a little. I mean. It, it was so me. well-intentioned. It really wasn't creepy. It was actually very nice. Mm -hmm. uh, my Switch is docked almost all the time. I haven't had any trouble with heating. I like the redundancy of having controllers that i can just take off and my nieces are probably getting a switch this christmas and one of the selling points is my sister wants to have like family games that they can play with other people so even in that aspect the switch light i think comes up short so not only am i not getting a switch light i'm not recommending it for anybody else that i know at this particular time either but yeah, i, I guess it depends light. how you plan to use it well, I mean, you could still get a... Mm, yeah, right. No, if they want to play party games, yeah, the Switch Lite know, doesn't Switch support because there's no party TV games. Mode. Yeah. There's, there's three of them, so... Yeah, um, three Switch, Switch Lite is not in the box. Mario Party and the Ar Carnival games or arcade games or whatever it's called, none of those work on the Switch Lite. Yeah. So, all right. What do if you mean they don't work on the Switch Lite? Um, they don't work on the Switch Lite. How so? Nintendo Just has come out and put up. Nintendo has put out a can list. You not, can you not buy Joy Cons for it? Yeah, but though, at least in the case of One Two Switch and Mario Party, they don't have a TV mode. Right. Okay. Right. They require TV. All right. If you want to provide feedback, you've got options. Options are good. You can email us podcast at rpgamer.com. You can call or text us. That's six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight. You can come join us noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific every Saturday, um, like uh, like Daniel and Power Lord and Baldicade and Dagan, and hang out in our Twitch chat. Yay! We like having people live. Um, or you can uh, go to the website rpgamer.com, find the latest podcast thread, and slap your comment there, like Strawberry Eggs and Matt and. Uh, Featherhoof and Shaman and Gamer Esquire and Victor did. So thanks, everybody. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the time you take to leave it for us. Heart. All right. It's time for the news. Now, now do the news thing, Chris. Beep.
Oh, well, I tried. Please leave a message after the tone. There was an effort. <laughs> All right. It was a really small effort. <laughs> um, Shujinku, the learning language RPG. What? Uh, was announced. It has a Kickstarter campaign starting October 1st. It's coming to PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And it has three characters that it are sounds called... sounds like a demon from Naruto. What are we talking about? Shujinku. Okay, yeah, that is that is what we're talking yes. about. Yes. So there's three characters. Supposedly it's Japanese for protagonist. Okay. Yeah. I so, guess you'll learn this by playing the game. That's the idea. <laughs> so Shujinku has three main characters. Would you like to know their names? Shujinku, Shujinka, Shujinki. Well, no. You were close, though. Shu. Jin and Ku? Yes. Ah! <laughs> yeah, so this it's so is... so intuitive. This is yet another game that wants to teach you Japanese with gaming elements. Is it only Japanese? Yes. Okay. Is it work? When's it, it out? It... Sorry. When does it come out? I'm just blinking rapidly because it's like... Did you say that? <laughs> Did you say when it's out? It's going to be kickstarted October 1st. It's being kickstarted. Yes. It's never coming out. <laughs> oh. All right. So this made this made Matt very happy and very sad at the same time. So He's out of a job. Um Square Enix announced that they oh. are porting the Game Boy Color version of Dragon Quest Monsters Terry's Wonderland to Switch in Japan. I'm sorry. Terry's Wonderland? Yeah, so the first Dragon Quest Monsters game, you play as Terry Who's Terry? Um, he's the character like in Dragon SNK? Quest IV. Oh, all right. Yeah, so in Dragon Quest IV, you're, he asks you to save his sister. He's an awfully popular Wait, side no, character, right. isn't he? Six. Oh my gosh, I can never remember right. Yeah, six is the one where there's all the characters from different areas and they all have different accents. Am I remembering that right? I thought six was the dream one. Or is that five? Uh, <laughs> None of us God. know. Matt, Matt, you need to be on another podcast. Save <laughs> us from our Dragon Quest idiocy. All right. Um, yeah, so this game originally came out on Game Boy Color. It was localized. Because I remember playing the crap out of this on my Game Boy Color. Um, and then, so this is, this is the Game Boy Color port. It's coming to Switch, but it, it's only been announced for Japan. And the idea is, is, as the very first Dragon Quest Monsters game, Terry himself doesn't fight. You recruit monsters, and they fight for you. Um, oh, yeah, it was TGS last weekend, which is why we got a bunch of this information. And, oh, um, out of nowhere, Koei Tecmo and Gus announced Atelier Dust Trilogy um, for the Switch and PS4? No, yeah, Switch, PS4, and PC. Um, so this, this, the Dusk series was the one that was originally on PS3. Um, it was Atelier Aisha, Atelier Eska and Logi, and Atelier Shali. Um, and eventually they all got Vita releases, because I'm pretty sure that's how I played them. Um, and then there was a new trailer for Atelier Ryza. Um, and then in even more Dragon Quest news... Wait, um, did you say Atelier Rising? Riza. Oh. Riza. I was hoping for like Metal Gear Rising, but no. with like. We're, we're not going to transfer. We're going to alchemize. Hey, no. 
Transfiring is Metal Gear Peace Walker. Get well, that straight. Whatever. Oh. Get your Konami right. Oh, we also got some news on um, Death is, Stranding. Is the new Atelier a social strand game? No, no, no. But we got more news about Death Stranding out of TGS. And it was amazing because um, there's like a first, there's like a third person mode that you can go into. No, don't sigh about this. This is amazing. What definition So there's of a, a third person mode using? that you can go into where you can look at um, Norman Reedus from like a third person mode and like pat him on the head You get to look at the Reedus stuff. fetus? No, 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 no. Here's the best part is, is if you stare at his crotch... He like gets shy like and it. covers it up, and if you repeatedly do it, he punches you in the face. That's if an this game, response. if this game isn't just Kojima's way of flirting with Norman Reedus, I have no clue what it's about. Death Stranding is a walking simulator, and it is amazing watching people contort themselves over how we should be okay with it being a walking simulator. These are the same people that said walking simulators aren't real games. So I'm just like... They are not... What, <clears throat> these are the same people. Who? What people? You're putting words in people's minds. No, no, no. no. There was actually you, a great article. I, I have to pull it up. Person. On where... my podcast, there is a co-worker of mine. We, we do a podcast every Monday now. And he will defend Kojima and Death Stranding until his dying breath. He went so far afield defending this that he had attacked Final Fantasy VII Remake because he's insisting he's not buying Final Fantasy VII until he knows all the parts, all the layout, all the episodes, everything that's coming out. But he'll buy Death Stranding without even knowing what the heck kind of game it is. It's a walking so simulator. These, these now, people do on, exist. Hold on, hold on. That position isn't as unreasonable as you think because the oh. people involved with Death Stranding have a better pedigree than the people involved with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, I'm kind of with Chris yeah, on I, this one. I won't argue that, uh, but only because of my intense hatred for Nomura. But um, <laughs> I dislike belts. him very much. He's I had to write belts. a guy for Final Fantasy XV, okay? That should... Right? Are we all? Yeah, yeah I'm curious. Hey, when you go back to your podcast, ask him how he felt about 15, a game that was also released incomplete. He says it's not as bad as I say it is. I oh, say right. Final Fantasy 15 is like a solid 6 out of 10. Uh, I'm not going to get into 15. Hey, I now. like what I've played Wait, at 15. Yeah. I need to go back and finish it, but it hasn't been calling to me, so I don't really know where I, I played Pocket, and I felt it was very self-contained and most excellent. Well, you I... played a different game, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Not that was that is different. Um, I played po- I played fifteen pocket edition. You didn't play the real one. Oh, shut ga- up! You're such a gamer girl. <laughs> Don't make me come over there and lick a controller. Oh, oh I've got a controller oh. that needs you to lick it. Actually, <laughs> suffice to, I want Death Stranding to be fantastic. I want it to be the best game ever made because I want every game to be substantially better than any other game that came out before. All right, now that, that you're reality, done setting but, the stage so that you can start criticizing set, the game, go ahead. <laughs> okay, thank you. Fantastic. Now that I can absolve myself of any accusations of just hating a certain game or genre, um, I have not seen anything compelling about that game that makes me want to spend money on it. Hey, but the color of your pee indicates how useful it is for fighting the creatures, right? Also, Norman won't pee if there's someone else around. Oh, well, he's got that stage fright thing going on. I yeah, guess. That happens. It's not polite to pee around other people. You know, you know tell that to yourself. <laughs> you don't count. I know. All right, we were talking about Dragon Quest. 
Yes, Les, let's go No, back we were something. talking about the scatological impacts of Death Norman Stranding. Norman Reedus? <laughs> of Norman Reedus. <laughs> yes, let's talk about making mushrooms grow. All right. Uh, oh, God. No, no. Hold on. I want right. to watch the stream, the Japanese stream with auto subtitles that everyone's telling me is amazing. <laughs> Dragon Quest! <laughs> oh, okay. Save us from Kojima. Okay, so um, Friday, along with Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age, the Switch is also getting Dragon Quest One, Two, and Three. Yeah. Um, so you can buy these individually. So Dragon Quest One is five, Dragon Quest Two is six and a half, and Dragon Quest Three is twelve and a half. Um. So these are like the upscaled versions that are like part pixel and part not pixel, and some people hate that mix. Um. We we do, we use a mod that fixes this mix on For like what? Final Fantasy V PC. No no no, I don't think that's what these are. Yeah, you should are maybe look at ones? the screenshots. Oh, are they new? No, I don't think they have. Ones I think like they're this DS4s they, or something. Yeah, no, they're they're the PS4 versions. Oh. Oh. Oh right right yeah yeah okay. So yep. I better look at this. Hold on. So where where is this Dragon Quest Monsters first three Dragon, Dragon Quest one two and three? Yeah. First three Dragon Quest titles coming to Switch in North America, comma, Europe. Well, that's not as bad as the Final Fantasy ones. Okay. People hate this style. I mean, it's it's still got pixels. Well, I mean, the real question is, does the pixel artwork line up in the background or does it have noticeable seams? It seems to have noticeable seams, unfortunately. Hmm. Have any of you played these three before? Um, no, and in fact, I'm kind of excited for this because I don't want to rebuy Dragon Quest One. But um, after playing Dragon Quest Builders Two, I really do want to replay Dragon Quest Two because literally the last time I played it was Dragon Quest One and Two GBC. Because I just want to know that's Game Boy someone... Color. If you're a newer, newer human being, newer human beings, uh, can someone quantify why Dragon Quest Three is? As expensive as the first two put together? Um, like, is there a reason the, for that? Or well, Wait, is Square charging twice as much for the third one? Yes. Oh, well, talked the about answer this... for that is Square Enix. So, Chris, <laughs> to catch you up on the conversation we've already had, yeah, Dragon I'm, Quest I'm 1 on a controller. is $5. Oh. Dragon Quest <laughs> 2 is 6 and a half, What? And Dragon Quest 3 is 12 and a half. Is it is it scaled to number of lines of text or something? <laughs> Dragon Quest Three is the most popular out of the three because it has multiple party members and it's got the longest story, and it's so it's it, really just whatever they felt they could get away with. Yeah. So it's total supply. Oh, serious. This is Square Enix we're talking about. Why Digital is anybody surprised? Yeah, it's Square Enix. I'm surprised they're not all fourteen fifty. <laughs> All right, so um, people are kind of mad because there's like a, a physical version of this collection, but only in Asia. They're Asia. not bringing it out in North America or Europe. Uh, so. Your right Joy-Con does not have the stress lines as the left Joy-Con on its buckle. Um, so I think it's because when I drop it, I tend to drop it on the... On the left side? Yes. All right, well, here's what I've been able to do. Here's your switch. Thanks. Why is it all dusty? Oh, for frick's sake. You made my Switch gross. Anyways, thanks, so, we Do we have more news on no another Square Enix game getting a physical release? I don't know. Uh, are they putting out a remake of Final Fantasy VII or something? Uh, they are putting out a 
double pack of Final Fantasy seven and eight. Wait, also really? only in Asia. Wait, seriously? Uh, I was yes. right. <laughs> I was just making that. No, up. no, no, not the seven remake. <laughs> I know, just the seven just the original, HD. Yep. Okay. All right, cool. They say it's in Japanese and English, but I'm always leery of Play Asia because, Play like, when I, yeah, I want when it says English, I want the entire thing to be in English, not just like subtitles. Like Final Fantasy 15, they will advertise as having English. Well, seven and eight text, have English but... versions, full English translations. Why wouldn't they have that in here? Or is it well, not so intended does... for the U.S.? So does Final Fantasy. 15, is this not I intended mean. for the U.S. or something? It's I'm... only being yeah, sold. I don't to think seven and eight have voice acting somehow. Well, yeah, I they mean... don't have voice acting in the original. Yeah. Do you really trust Square Enix to not like have the dialogue text translated, but the menu text not? Because I wouldn't give them that much credit, sight unseen. For Asia, the Koei Nintendo Switch, one physical package. It's going to be the same thing that's on the eShop, I bet. So I, I wouldn't be worried yeah. about this. It's just going to be that code. So you, you should be okay. But do you really need it physically? If you already have the discs versions of the original originals, do you need these? Genie uh, just came out of the bedroom. Are we are we talking about need or want? Because I mean, this is video games. Do you really so... want it? Kinda, yeah. All right. Well, it's your life. Jeannie went back in the bedroom. Bye, Jeannie. <laughs> Our cat walked out of the bedroom and went back into the bedroom. She's getting used to living here. Hooray! It's like fifty bucks, and then they're shipping. So, mm, I don't know. Okay. I'm considering it. I. Mm-hmm. I guess I can't criticize. I mean, you can, but... I shouldn't, maybe. I don't know. My cat... Uh, oh, she's back under the bed now. All right. <laughs> there was an attempt. There was an attempt to be social. All right. Then she realized we were still here, and she left. Um, well, she Final actually Fantasy didn't even 14. look in here. All right, yes. Um, Shadowbringers patch 5.1. All right, Alex, give us a spoiler-free summary of the story. <laughs> New Game Plus? Oh, this story. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, more main scenario quests. Uh, first near Automata raid. All right. So that's going to be interesting. And it's going to have music from uh, the near Automata composer. And yes, New Game Plus. Do I need to finish the um, original? Ooh, we have. Yes. I got it. Okay. Thank you. Yes, you do. But yeah, so yeah, it's got the first bit of New Game Plus, but it's only going to include the Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, and Shadowbringers main scenario quests for now. But yeah, um, I think each, yeah, and each group of quests are going to be sort of divided into different chapters. So I think the Heaven's Ward content is divided into Heaven's Ward Part One, Heaven's Ward Part Two, which is all the 3.0 stuff. Then Dragon Song War, which is 3.1 to 3.3, and post Dragon Song War, which is 3.4 to 3.5. So yeah, there's a few extra bits on that, so you only get a single auto save on New Game Plus mode, and you basically have to switch New Game Plus mode on and off depending on what you're whether you're doing New Game Plus mode or not. And anything else? Yeah, all the stuff is level syncs, etc. Blah 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 blah. I like that the new game plus for the earliest stuff in the game is later. <laughs> yeah. 
probably because they're redoing it, right? Yeah, because aren't yeah, they? So I assume, I assume, yeah, they're probably making it go through a lot quicker. It's a Realm Reborn Reborn, or Realm Reborn Remastered, maybe? There, it, call it? Final Fantasy fourteen, a Realm Reborn Cataclysm. Cataclysm. All right, Cataclysm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's also a bunch of stuff for crafters and gatherers. I think it's got the start of the restoration of Ishgard stuff. Yeah, it's like AQ40. I like New Game Plus. It's level sync battles. There's no rewards. And there's a single... (laughs) Why are you doing this? (laughs) Just to see it again? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So are they redoing the ARR-like Dead Zone? That's the whole reason they're doing it. Nice. Because you complain about that every time we talk about yep. Final Fantasy XIV. Yep. All right. Um, Idea Factory International and Limited Run Games have announced their first game together. It's uh, Fairy Fencer F Advent Dark Force. Yeah. Um, so pre-orders for this game um, will open starting October 18th. They're expecting the game to ship um, sometime in November. Um, that is for... Uh, the Switch version. Yes, the Switch version. It's going to be $40. Um, and I'm not going to talk about the other one because it's already out. Um, Trails of Cold Steel 3 demo is available now. So if you weren't able to go to like E3 or PAX West or Gamescom, it's the same demo that was available to play at those events. Um, Neo 2 is having an open beta. The open beta will run on PlayStation 4 from November 1st to November 10th with more details to be coming in uh, a week or so, uh, basically right before the the beta itself goes live. Um, This is a historical fantasy action RPG um, coming in early 2020 exclusively for the PS4. Isn't Neo easy Dark Souls? It's Dark Souls with loot drops that can yeah shift things in your favor a bit more okay but this one has character creation so yeah okay do i get to pick which like spirits i can summon and stuff i have no i don't know that much yeah all right this this story makes chris happy does it maybe you remember Disco Elysium, the game that we played at PAX yeah, last year? it's like never coming out. I keep hanging out in their Discord and they don't announce anything. It's really annoying. October 15th, what? 2019. What? What? Yes. Cool. For uh, uh, both Steam and GOG. It's like they were silent for so long and then all of a sudden, hey, we got a release date. <laughs> this is the weird one that's like your mind can shatter in this game, it seems like. And I don't know what's going on in this game. All right. It's um, well written, and you should totally play it. And we loved it at PAX last year. It wasn't at PAX this year, I guess, because they're finishing it. <laughs> so last week, um, <sighs> we talked about this weird futzed out Pokemon, and everybody. Surfetched! Farfetched got an upgrade. Yeah. Surfetched. So take Farfetched, <laughs> give him some swagger, a sword, and a shield. His leak becomes a sword, and he gets like an onion shield. It's amazing. So, um, Surfetched, which I don't think we've figured out if it's an evolution or not. Oh, it is the evolution. Of course it's an okay. evolution. It's, it's an upgrade of Farfetched. Okay. And so he took the end of his leak, which grew up and big and started to spread, and turned that, chopped it off, turned it into a shield. The other half is the sword, and it's amazing, and everyone should have a Surfetched. And, like, our baby boy finally grew up, and it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. He is exclusive to sword. What? 
He's also like three feet high and weighs about 250 pounds. He's thick, all right? <laughs> Look at that chest. Like, he got some muscle. Does the weight include the leak? I think so. I think there yeah. are certain Pokemon that their accessories are part of them, and this is one of them, I think. Okay. So have we heard what the shield exclusive is? Do we care? You have Surfetch. Nobody should be getting shield. I'm have, getting shield. Think about shield. You get stupid bread dog, and you don't get Surfetched. Do so. not talk about my precious cinnamon roll that way. <laughs> stupid bread dog. <laughs> You're going to have to get me a Surfetched, because... Because it's going to be in yours. All right. And I want um, Sif Dog. Idea Factory <laughs> International um, also announced another physical game, um, Death and Request. No, um, not the game. Yeah, they announced a special box for it. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. This is a game you want, right? I can't uh, remember. If, if only it was on the Switch. Mm. So you get a mouse pad, a soundtrack, a White Rabbit Archives art book, a collector's box, a steel game case, and a microfiber cloth. All for the low, low price of $39.99. No, but it doesn't come with the game? Right. Correct. Oh, yeah, I'm like, $39.99. I sat on that for a second like, wait. <laughs> That's the only way it works. There's no game included. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they also announced that um, Death End Request 2 is in development. Um, all right, so I already talked about this a little bit earlier, but Apple Arcade came out. Woo! Um, there is a bunch of RPGs. And Oceanhorn like... 2, Exit the Dungeon. As a, Remember, Exit the Gungeon? Enter the Gungeon? Now you're exiting the Gungeon. Um, except you have people this time, so I don't understand it. Then you have Various Day Life, and that's just three. No, and no, I no. think there's more than so that. So Cat Quest 2, mm-hmm. Oceanhorn 2, uh-huh. um, Enter, no, Exit the Gungeon. Exit the Gungeon. Um, and then various day life. And then there are other things that are like maybe RPGs, but we're going to have to play them before we decide whether we're going to. Anna, tell me more about various day life. Various day life is an fantasy RPG from the same team that did the bravely games and Octopath Traveler. So this is my bravely default or this is my Octopath Traveler sequel. No, but maybe how would I play it? And I'll let you know. Okay. Why haven't you played it yet? I is it out yet? It is yeah, out yet. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. it downloaded. Why I are you have, playing yeah, it? Why I are have, you playing it now? Why are you playing it now? I'm going to throw the peach at you. You should. I what? have five days before Dragon Quest XI-S comes out. No, you have zero days before Zink Link's Awakening comes out. I have out. negative one day since yeah. Zelda came out. <laughs> not only do you not have time because of... Look, look at the font is Octopath Traveler's font, and it's even underlined. This is a sequel. The, it's, the thing's going to change, and those letters will rearrange, and it says, ha-ha, Octopath Traveler sequel that I you mean, didn't that's expect. The, yeah, that's the Bravely Listen. style as well. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. It's Final <laughs> Fantasy Warriors, four, four warriors of iPads. It's the sequel you never asked for. Seventeen ninety nine now on the iPad. We we have a case starter check-in. Do you think they'll find a way for you to pay for this game that you don't have to pay for because Chris. it's Square Enix? Chris. We have a Kickstarter check. Solasta, Crown of Magister, Wheel of Fate. I've sponsored this. No. Oh, wait. Those are two games. Okay. Solasta, Crown of the Magister <laughs> is the D&D tactical turn-based RPG that we played at PAX. It's it looks good. Cool. It's not my kind of game at all, it, but I can still recognize that it is very well put I think together. they've succeeded already on their Kickstarter. Yeah, they're way over. Yeah. I. I uh, no, not quite. What? what? Uh, yeah, they're about... 
I'll, I've got to translate that into words. Uh, they're 176,000. Yeah, 20,000 20, euros. So they have like 20, $22,000 20, left to go. I've, I've pledged 22 euros. Um, you get to make your own choice. Uh, it's probably bad for us to say you should or shouldn't sponsor a game. So you can go read up on it there. If you want to go crazy, if you want to get the game, it's 22 euros. Um, or at least it was. It might be 25 now because early bird's over. If you want to get all the things... If you want to go absolutely bananas, I think that's, I think that's bananas. out. No, no. no. That one's let's done. Let's see what we can that do. One's done. That one's 2,700 done. 2,700 euros or more. You could do painting, fighting, and name a boss. Painting fighter. You get a, pa- a painting of our fighter by our art director. You get to name a boss. What you oh, you can also get to uh, visit the studio for half a day if you drop by Paris. You have to travel on your own, <laughs> and you get some extra stuff. Blah 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 blah. Four blah. copies of the game yeah, and matter. four copies of all physical rewards. Now, if you want to go super crazy and you can't because it's gone, you get all a key art painting and a statue. You get to be in the game as a statue. <laughs> but that's already done, so you but can't yeah, do that. For the 2,700 euro that's still available, character painting of your fighter. Okay. Four uh, digital copies of the game. You name a boss. You can drop by the studio. You get four copies of the Solasta Adventure Box, four copies of the Solasta OST Vinyl, four copies blah, blah, blah. of you the Solasta all, all Campaign Rulebook. Yeah. You get to name a monument in game. You get to have the digital dev documents. The rest of this is all digital. Um, campaign room book, PDF. You get all the things. World map, yeah. Um, right. yeah. Wheel of Fate is a turn-based RPG using artificial intelligence to create dynamic content and massive replayability made by game designer from Mass Effect 2. Made by a game designer from Mass Effect 2? They need an editor, apparently, a copy editor. Uh, it's the first chapter of their single-player RPG with turn-based combat. This looks like... What is this? I don't know. They've already got their $18,000, so they're set. Um, it looks like a third-person turn-based RPG. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Mass Effect 2. Let's see. What's the guy's name? It was right there on the screen, and they clicked off of it. Miles Holmes. Apparently one of the guys involved in Mass Effect 2. If you just want the game, it's seventeen dollars Canadian. Anna's Canadian, so you have to support it. And then <laughs> it's a rule. And then if that you want to spend, how it works? It, no, it is. I've I've read the the charter, the Canadian okay. charter. It's written in syrup. Um, the Canadian twenty six hundred dollars <laughs> Canadian dollars. This is your chance to directly collaborate with the team one-on-one. You'll also get a download of all future chapters of the game. Damn, I hope you do for $2,600. You get two one-hour sessions to provide feedback. Hint, that's not much time for feedback, so not much of your (laughs) feedback will matter. Uh, Download of all future chapters, a fully customized weapon skin, some other garbage and stuff. Blah, 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 blah. blah. You get to name an NPC. Uh, Your name's in the credits, of course. You get a Kickstarter channel invite. Yeah, big deal. Um, oh, you get a VIP role in Discord. Ooh. Oh, boy. Right. So anyway, so $2,600 for the right to consult with them. <laughs> How's that for the gaming industry? <laughs> hey, uh, you could be a giant bear in this game, so that's good. On a related note, if you pay me $1,000, I will give you a special tag in my Discord channel, and you can tell me what to do with my guides. Uh, how about you finish them, damn it? I have done, like, Nine guides this year, thank you very much. Yeah, sir. and where's Fire Emblems? Oh. It is... Okay, every time you go to a tea party, you get enough stuff to appease yourself, and you're done. 
I have to sit there and get enough stuff to put on a guide for every character. Do you know how long that takes? Um, I think you should Are, maybe ship that part later. You must be really <laughs> sick of tea. How about you start with the other parts and then do the random show up garbage yeah, over that's, time? Except that's also, the part that needs to be guided. You know there's a giant spreadsheet out where everyone's contributing to that, right? Uh, yeah, but that's not mine. What okay. am I supposed to do? Just steal their stuff? Chris, someone else is, yes, are you else advocating the, plagiarism? I'm right? advocating open sourcing the creation of games guides. Well, you know what they say, uh, if you copy from one person, it's plagiarism. If you copy from a bunch, it's research. That's right. But no, um, seriously, someone else is writing up all the battles, so I got stuck with the side content. I'm so sorry. Hey. Yeah. Well, have him finish then. <sighs> well, you know. Hey, this person Welcome worked on stick. Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood, too. Anna. So. Did, he give, <laughs> did he give Knuckles the gun? I don't know. No, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was Black Sonic, right? Black Sonic. It's Shadow. His name is Shadow, and that was done outside of that RPG, Anna. (laughs) My bad. (sighs) You Canadians just learning about racism this week. It's just ridiculous. All right, so what's our next story? (laughs) We have so much editorial content, and this is going to continue for like the next six weeks. so, So strap in. We got a review for Dandy Dungeon, The Legend of Brave Yamada. I wanted to localize this, but it was going to be way too expensive. Um, yeah, so that came out of Onion Games. Um, we have a review for Super Neptunia RPG, and it's not very good. Um, we have an interview from from Sunless Skies. Uh, Zach, Zach got to talk with Hannah. Hannah's awesome. We love Hannah. Um, and then we had a Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission review. Wow, that took a long time. That game's been out for like six months. All right. Okay. We have our Final Fantasy Wait, 14. Wait, is that the card game? Yeah. Ooh, is it good? Uh, yeah. I've been waiting Maybe. for reviews. Situational. Uh, Uh-oh. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did so. Alex play this then? No, no, no. no. This no. was uh, Elman. I think oh, it's, edited a, it. Yeah, it, it's, it's supposed to be all right. If you like collecting cards, then yeah, you, you like can do that. If you like collecting cards, it's fine. Yeah, it's cool that bit. <laughs> <laughs> We uh we have our long-awaited Final Fantasy IV Shadowbringers interview. We interviewed them at PAX. I want to collect some cards. Um, we have an Astral Chain review by Alex. Um, we're we're gonna have a puzzle quest. Um, the Legend Returns review as soon as Alex signs off on it. Ooh. Alex, please sign off on my review. Uh, was I supposed to do that? Yeah, uh, I thought I sent you the link. I sent you a link to the other thing that I wrote. I'm an idiot. I'll send it to you after the podcast. All right. Um, D&D Enhanced Editions. Um, so the what? Baldur's Gate what? Enhanced what? Edition what? and the Planescape Torment slash Icewind Dale Enhanced Edition. You they, skipped two they stories. all got... No, I didn't. Yeah, Pascal's Wager is the first one. Um, this, this one I'm going to spend a little more time on. Okay. Because it requires explanation. So I have two stories up. Require explanation, so and then confused. the other ones, I'm just going to read the headlines. Oh, I see. This is what we do to make briefs reasonable. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how this works, so you teach me. <sighs> all right. So the D&D Enhanced Editions, the yes, Beamdog so versions the, of the games, it's yes, all been delayed. they got delayed. So they when? were supposed to be out this week. Ooh. And now they're coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on October 15th. So far, the Neverwinter Nights edition has not been delayed further. It's, but it's still not on December schedule anyway. for December 3rd. Yeah. Um, and then Sparklight 
um, which is an action adventure RPG with um, weird uh, roguelike mechanics, um, is coming out on November fourteenth, twenty nineteen. PS, PC, PS four, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, um, twenty five bucks. And you can get the physical copy of the game. And I played this at PAX. I seriously loved it. Please go read my impression. Yeah, I thought you might want this. this Yes. When is it? November 20th, huh? Hmm. You might have time, right? Yeah. November 14th, actually. November 15th. Yeah, there's no way you you don't have time. No, no. I'm getting this. No, you won't make it. All right. Other briefs. Um, Pascal's Wager is coming to iOS this year. This is another um, Apple Arcade title. Um, Project Sakura Wars. What's a Pascal's Wager? This is briefs. It's an action RPG. Let's at least say that. Project Sakura Wars now has an opening movie. And this they... isn't a tactical game. And you should all know that. It's not a TRPG. And they put out a song as well. It's, oh, it's got a song now? Okay, yes. I'm okay with the game now. Um, there are more. There is more information on the Fairy Tale RPG. This is a... Is that an anime I should watch? Yeah. This is it an is? anime <sighs> game. No? Wait, what was no. that? Ugh. Oh it no! Is. Wait, this is the this is the Gust and Koei Tecmo game that isn't Atelier. It is a super shonen anime, and I don't right. know. I How does it compare to My Hero Academia? No, this is uh, the anime I game. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> oh, okay. It's coming out early twenty twenty. A good bit of fairy tale, and I just got sick of the main character always. Winnie? Just well, yeah. I mean, if you find the whole lol goku wins stuff tedious you'll probably get sick of this before long too how about compared to fist of the north star <sighs> it's not as not as egregious as that i mean because this this goes full bore on the anime tropes where like people are just magically getting power-ups because of the power of friendship and stuff and it's like come on can you not let me just like enjoy the story just a little bit so the Game looks interesting, but I don't know. I would, I'm sorry I to cut you off, Nathan, but all this doesn't matter anymore because there's a new fishing game out this week we yep. should all be playing. Real Fishing that, Road Trip Adventure that, came out on PS4 and Switch. Note, I am biased because my wife it, works for the company that put it out. <laughs> is it a VR game? No. no. <laughs> it's just called Real Fishing Road Trip Adventure. <sighs> like, the dude who makes it, he combined I Persona, swear. Final Fantasy 15, and like fishing all in one game. <laughs> okay, well now I'm a little interested. It's like I swear Taka just like had a fever dream one day, <laughs> and then woke up and said, "I'm gonna make a fishing game that combines Persona 5 and Final Fantasy 15 and Zelda Breath of the Wild fishing go." So I don't know if those other two aspects really make up for the fact that the fishing still appears to be pretty chill and slow. <laughs> it is. It's still a real fishing game. Okay. <laughs> real slow fishing. But it's got a story and it's All got right. quests. Yeah. All right. Hey, the best part of Final Fantasy XV was hands down the fishing. <laughs> uh, Zenith did you is... play? Wait, did you play the VR game? No, not yet. <laughs> Why not? I thought you said the best part was the fishing. <laughs> Well, it's still Final Fantasy fifteen. Right. I mean, oh. <laughs> what's this other all right, what's this other game I got up here in uh, Zenith the, and Zenith? it's available now on Switch. Why is the dog shaking? Okay. You can pet the dog. But he just exploded with a rocket out of his butt. Look, I, I, I didn't say it was safe to pet him. Here. This looks weird. Yeah, it's weird. Is it like non sequiturs all the time? No, it's just the way that the trailer's been cut. Okay. Anyways. Is it um, any good? You don't know yet. 
It's out now on Switch. Is it out now on Switch? Let me go. All right. Um, And then there was more details for Atelier Ryza because of TGS, and they talked about the customizable hideouts. It is super long, and I don't want to do it on the podcast. So if you're an Atelier fan, go read the damn story. Oh, but did you like what you saw? Yes. Okay. It looks cool. All right. All right. Uh, Question of the week. What is it? That's what I'm asking. Oh, I didn't come up with one. Um, 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 Sir Fetched, best boy or bestest boy? Um, Let's see. Uh, I mean, we could ask people to to suggest. Which other original Pokemon did you get in Evolution? No, we've done this. No, we haven't. Which other Pokemon should get a new Evolution? All right, we'll do it again. No, I'm not trying to undo. I'm trying to type something with an... (laughs) Are you yelling at Google (laughs) Spreadsheets, Anna? Yes. (laughs) It's just like I'm typing in my old code. It's like, you want to delete something, right? No. No, I want to be French. I want to be French. (laughs) Hey, Anna, we got some new game. Nobody ever. Oh, we we have some new game. Says me! You're fired. We have some new game <laughs> releases coming. Yes. All right. Um. So Cat Quest Two is coming out on Steam. It's already on iOS. Yeah. It's out on, on It's out on Apple Arcade. Mario Kart Tour is out this week. Yep. On the iOS and the Android. Yep. Um. Dragon Quest Eleven S is coming to Switch. Finally. As well as Dragon Quest One Two Three on Switch. Yeah. Um. We forgot to mention it last week. So Puzzle Quest Legend Returns is available now on Switch. Consider it. Oh. Um, the I, I should see if I ever got a code back from those people from um, the Surge 2. The Surge 2? Yeah, I was about to mention that because I talked to them yesterday, and you should. I should? Yes. I did. I should have gotten a code? Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right, I'm looking um, now. The Surge 2 is coming now to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition launches on Switch. Code Vein lands on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And Chris is so excited for this. I love you, Colonel Sanders. A finger-looking yeah. good dating simulator. Look at this. Comes to Switch. It's or comes to Steam. It's free. Oh, Alex, it was literally approved at eight thirty-eight a.m. on Friday. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so I don't know if they were going to approve us originally or not, but all right. Let me send this over. I to think you. I think they were, but I got the rejection. This is just because my profiles. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, it's probably my fault because I forgot to actually write down the notes in the other thing. I will get you that code. Uh, anyway, what are we talking about? Uh, Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders dating sim, and it, it actually looks funny. It might be okay. Okay. I know it's hard to believe that a sponsored game would be okay. Doubt. All right. And 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 that's the show. That's the show. Yep, we're we're but done. How could it be the show already? That that's it. What do you mean already? It's almost two hours. Oh, boy. And we only had four people. Imagine what would have happened. We'd have full cast. I would have taken a nap. All right. Thank you, Alex. Did, did he I didn't have a response ready. Oh, okay. Thank you, <laughs> Alex. You're welcome. Yes. Thanks, Nathan. No Nathan problem. is never going to be back again. He has just been scarred for life. Uh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> And uh, thank you, dear listener. We're we're only 515 deep into this absolute insanity because you're willing to listen to us. So thanks for that. All right. Uh, uh, what what are you going to play next week, Alex? 
Uh, Eye of the Solomon Files and Game I Can't Talk About. Ooh. Uh, Nathan, what are you going to play? More Borderlands 3 and Fire Emblem. Uh, Chris, any plans? Uh, finish up Cold Vambrace and uh, Final Fantasy Borderlands 15? 3. Final Fantasy what? 15? No. What? Why would I? What? No. <laughs> Maybe K- Colonel Sanders? <laughs> 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 Okay, we're we're going to have you, to hold him to this. I have like 40 games that I feel like I really should play like right now. And I can't play any of them and I don't know what to do. Okay. I'm having terrible paralysis, but without the anxiety. So it's just like, eh, eh I feel like I should pick a bunch of these, but I can't. So I don't know, I'll just find an indie game that appeals to me at the moment and play that. I call gonna, that indifference. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to I didn't play. realize that when you beat anxiety, the result is indifference. That's not uh, well. fun. <laughs> It should be better than that. It can either go from inspiration to indifference. I mean, right. uh, D- Ninji suggests you play Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. Oh, he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna play more Apple Arcade things and probably write about them for the site because I think I might be the only one on the site actually playing them at the moment. So. You know, I wrote a guide for Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. <laughs> Did you? Yes, I did. Alex is going to hate me by the end of this week. Um, a lot of people didn't like that game, but I thought it was pretty good. So, oh well. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. We're done. Thank you. Oh, hi. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye, Goodbye. everybody. See you next week. Bye, bye everybody. Bye-bye. 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 We're still recording. Bye. Okay.